Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. We can jump right in. Yes. So we're still in our first series. Chris preached last week. It was so good. It, if you did not get a chance to listen to it, I would highly suggest listening to the podcast. It was so, so good. Thank you, Chris, for bringing a powerful message. So we're continuing on in that series today, and I'm going to start with a little story to lead us in, hopefully. It'll lead us in well. Um, I don't know about you guys, but my family has created some traditions around Christmas and the holidays. And one of the traditions that we have is about a week or so before Christmas, we drive through the Festival of Lights. Is there anyone here who has not been through the Festival of Lights ever? Most everyone has. Um, So we do that, and then we go to dinner, and then we go to a house in Norwood. I didn't even know that was a town until we found this house. So we go to this house in Norwood that has like the, the lights and the lights move to the music. So we went there this year and we're sitting there in the truck and I kind of thought that song sounded familiar, but it was being sung by a guy. So I wasn't really tuning in with my ears and not because it was a guy. <laughs> that, that sounded bad. Um, but from the back seat, I hear Brennan all of a sudden he goes, oh, that's kind of like, like following God. And so then I was like, oh, I better listen. What is this song? Well, it happened to be um, the song from Frozen 2 (laughs) called Into the Unknown. And what's funny is as the song continued, Joel was even saying the same thing. It is like following God. So I'm going to read you some of the lyrics. It says, I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. And I was like, ah, Brennan was really hearing from the Lord there. And it goes on and it says, what do you want? Because I've been, because you've been keeping me awake. Are you here to distract me so I make a big mistake? Or are you someone out there who's a little bit like me? And we're made in God's image, right? So he is like us in ways. Who knows deep down I'm not where I'm meant to be. Every day is a little harder as I feel my power grow. That's the Holy Spirit power growing in us. Don't you know there's part of me that longs to go into the unknown? Are you out there? Do you know me? Can you feel me? Can you show me? Where are you going? Don't leave me alone. How do I follow you into the unknown? Taylor's there just like saying all the lyrics. She knows it by heart. (laughs) I got a little scratchy throat today. (laughs) Not going to happen. But that is what it's like to follow Jesus. Stepping into the unknown is risky. And if you think about it, stepping into the unknown requires someone to be the first, someone to go first. And referring to John the Baptist, you know, he's referred to as the voice of one calling in the wilderness. He's the one preparing the way. He's called the forerunner. And all those things require somebody to go first, right? The first voice to speak out. The first one to make a path where there was no path. The first one to blaze the trail. He's often referred to as the trailblazer. 
And there's so many unknowns when you're the one to go first. And to be really honest, I think if we were to really look at our relationship with the Lord, we should be at the point as Christians, especially nowadays, where we expect there to be unknowns on our journey as we step out and follow the Lord. Because the truth is this, you know, if the Lord revealed to us everything that was going to be on our journey, on our path, we would all be like, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to sit here and watch Netflix. We would never say yes to the Lord. Because you guys, our journey is going to have trouble. Our journey is going to have pain and suffering as Christians when you step out in faith and follow the Lord. So he can't give us all the answers. He can't show us everything because God really wants to get us where he needs us. Because see, where he's leading us always has to do with preparation for where he's leading you next and then next and then next. So he prepares a way for us, right, even in the unknowns, but it's ultimately so we can prepare a way for his presence, And Abraham is such a good example of this. Um, If you want, you can turn to Genesis chapter 12. It's verse 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Okay, that's literally how Abraham's story starts. God's like, hey, leave everything and everyone you've ever known and just go. That's insane. But Abraham did it. And God didn't say, go to the land that I have shown you. God said, go to the land that I will show you eventually. So the go came before the show. I like that. I was like, that's kind of clever. (laughs) And Abraham obeyed. He stepped out in obedience. I mean, I'm assuming he must have felt a certain direction to go. I don't know. But the point is he just obeyed the voice of God. And when you read his story, there's all sorts of crazy things that happened along his journey. Crazy stuff. And I think most of us are familiar with the story of Abraham and Isaac. And this is the question that I thought of. I thought of a question. I was like, do do you think that Abraham would have ever stepped out into this unknown journey, right, and said yes to God, Had he known that along the way he'd be putting his own son on an altar as a sacrifice? I don't know, but I don't think so. But see, this is is the key. Abraham was probably so used to stepping out and obeying the voice of God, even when he didn't have all the answers, that when that day came and God said, put your son on the altar, he did it. Because he had witnessed God's faithfulness too many times to start doubting him. And then we know the end of the story, right? Abraham's getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. An angel shows up, stop, and then there's a ram. There's a ram that's provided. Abraham, by his obedience, prepared the way for God to show up and prepared the way for God's provision. And I know that we think, we look at these stories in the Bible and we think, well, he just had this supernatural faith. You know, he was just, that's like Bible times. Of course he listened to God. He had all the faith. He had all the trust. And yeah, I'm sure he must have had those. But look at Genesis 22, 15 through 17. 
It says, then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. Because you obeyed. God didn't say, because you have had great faith. Because, you know, there's things that probably happen in these stories that aren't detailed in here. I wonder if Abraham along the way, right, as he's taking Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice him, if in his mind as a father, he's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I hope you show up. I hope you show up. We don't know what was going on in his mind, but I would imagine it might have been a little bit scary. It's because he obeyed, even in the unknown. He obeyed even though he didn't have all the answers or the blueprints to show him how it was all going to work out. He just obeyed. So what do you think stops you from obeying the voice of God? If you were to really think about it, it's the unknowns. It's a lot of times because we don't understand it all, right? We don't have all the answers. You guys, we're a people. I know this is true for me and many others that I know. We like to know how the plan is going to work out. We want to know. If I step out in this, if I do this, I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know how people are going to respond. I want to know, Lord, if you're really going to show up, if you're really going to be there. But Proverbs 20, 24 says this. The Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? And then Proverbs 3, 5, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Don't lean on what you can understand, because it is so much bigger than what our minds can comprehend. So we have to stop trying to understand everything that God wants to do in our lives before we obey him. I mean, we literally act like children with the Lord. That's why he's called our father, right? We're his children. And we sure act like it sometimes. And here's an example. How many times, for those of you who have kids or have kids in your life, how many times have you told your kid to stop doing something or to go do something, and they say, why? Why? And as parents, what do we say a lot of times? We say, because, because I said so. And usually we say that because we know something our kids don't know. A lot of times we might be trying to protect them from something. For instance, if you've got a toddler and they're running out towards traffic and you know you're not going to be able to catch them, you're like, stop. And you want what? You want immediate obedience because you're protecting them. You don't need your kid continuing to run and look back at you and be like, why? Give me the reasons why. And sometimes it's the opposite of that. Sometimes it's a good thing. Like, this is just a scenario. Maybe you've purchased a brand new car for your teenager, and it's in the garage, and you're surprising them with it. And so you look at them, and you say, hey, will you go out in the garage for me? And they look up from their phone, and they're like, why? <laughs> and you're like, just go out in the garage. Well, can you give me a reason? And you're like, well... The reason is because I'd like you to go in the garage. And then they get annoyed and they go off to their room and like, you're lame, you know. And they miss out on the gift. They miss out on the new car. So the first point I want to make today 
is that our obedience to the Lord should not be contingent on our understanding of why. Our obedience to the Lord should not be contingent on our understanding of why he's asking us to do something or to not do something. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And I wonder why that is. I think it's because many times obedience is more difficult. Because obedience has to do with our own heart condition towards the Lord, right? Do you trust the Lord enough to obey him? Do you desire his presence enough to obey and follow where he's leading you, even if you don't have all the answers? Are you so sold out for God and his truth and his word that your obedience is more important than your reputation to the world? to your friends, to your family. And believe me when I tell you this, I'm just going to be really honest. My obedience to the Lord is very lacking. <laughs> it needs a lot of work. And the number one reason, the number one reason for that is fear of man. Because there's many times that I feel the Lord telling me, even in this church that I love, that I'm surrounded with people that I know love me, but I feel the Lord saying, dance, dance during worship. And not just like, you know, <laughs> that. But I mean, like, dance. Jump up and down. And I feel it. I'll feel it in my spirit. And I don't do it. I talk myself out of it. And I tell God, you know, Lord, I, I can't do I can't have all this flopping around. What are people going to think? Oh, hello. But really, like, I talk myself out of it. Even though inside, I'm like, oh, I want to jump up and down. Great. You know, and there's, I know, Barbara. Take a tip from Barbara. And there's, there's also many times I feel deeply moved by the Holy Spirit during worship, and I feel led to come forward and just lay in his presence. And I, I've seen Chris do it. I've even seen my own 10-year-old son do it. But I still don't do it because I'm worried about what I'll look like. What will people think? Do my pants look all right? Will these look okay as I lay on the floor? It's, I mean, it's so stupid. And how many times have I not prayed for someone or given someone a word or called someone or texted someone when I know that's what the Lord had asked me to do because of unknowns? But here's the truth. None of us should give one single rip about what anyone thinks if we know we're obeying the Holy Spirit. And another side of that is this. We also shouldn't care what God is calling someone else to do. Because we do that. What I've seen in my Christian walk, in my journey, for the last 20 years, is that I feel like Christians within the church, we are the most judgmental towards one another. And it's usually based on opinion not the word. We, we look at somebody, what they're called to do, and because it looks different or it feels different, we judge them. And we're like, <laughs> that is not from the Lord. 
that is not from the Lord. How dare they do something I wouldn't do? Like, honestly, that's what we base it on. It's not based on the word of God. Most of the time when we feel a judgmental spirit rise up because someone's called to do something differently than we do or speak on something differently than we would feel called to speak on. And I think God wants to change that. So if God tells you to dance, dance. It's okay if other people aren't dancing. If, if you see someone else dancing, clap for them. Cheer them on. Even though maybe you're not called to dance. Whatever it looks like. Proverbs 29, 25 says this. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So our fear, our fear of the unknown, our fear of what people will think or what will look like is a snare. It is a literal trap of the enemy to keep you sitting in your seat and stagnant and not stepping into breakthrough and deliverance. Come on. And I want to clarify something about obedience because the enemy likes to take things and twist them. So I want to clarify something. I'm not talking about, you know, making huge, big, life-changing decisions without wise counsel because we're supposed to do that too. So, you know, if you feel the Lord's like, hey, quit your job, move to Madagascar. That might be something you want to bring before your friends, people who love you and you know hear from God's voice, just to clarify, just to make sure that's something from the Lord because there's definitely times where we need wise, encouraging voices in our lives. But most of the time, what happens is we ignore the voice of God in everyday types of things, little things and maybe bigger things that don't really need anything other than immediate obedience. See, God's not as concerned with your comfort as you are. That's, that's a hard one, isn't it? Because, see, some of the things that he asks of us, and I even know this in my everyday life, every single day, some of the things that he asks of me feel uncomfortable and even like you know that's a little crazy God was that really you because we think it's crazy but it's our crazy obedience that prepares the way for his presence and his provision and then what happens is each time we step out of our comfort zone and we obey him it makes it easier for the next time and the next time and then we end up like Abraham where we won't even question what God's asking us to do If he tells us to move, we'll move. If he tells us to speak, we'll speak. If he tells us to dance, we'll dance. Help me, Jesus. Because we're going to be so used to his faithfulness showing up in our obedience. So the next point is that our obedience to God should not be contingent on our comfort. Our obedience to God should not be contingent on our comfort. Which brings me back to John the Baptist. So Luke 3, verses 2 through 6. It says, At this time a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. So John lived in the wilderness. I was trying to find if it tells us like the time frame of how long he lived in the wilderness. I couldn't find anything specifically on that. But the fact is, is he was living in the wild. And he was eating bugs, clothing himself with camel hair. And... You know, obviously, I'm sure he was smelly and dirty, probably looked gross, probably looked insane. 
And I would also imagine that in the wilderness were a lot of unknowns. But that's where God called John because God was preparing John to prepare the way for Jesus. And then it goes on to say this. It says, Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. So the message came to John in the wilderness, and then John went. The message came, and John went. He obeyed. And there was probably so many unknowns for this guy who had been living in the wilderness for a pretty long time, I'm sure. God says, okay, it's time. He obeyed. He probably thought, I'm going to get out there in the town, and they're just going to say, oh, here comes crazy wild John. Don't pay any attention to him. He didn't know if he was, his message was going to be received, but he obeyed. Because he didn't care about his reputation. He was sold out for God. He didn't care if he looked crazy or if he didn't have all the answers. He was just obedient to the voice, to be the voice. And like Chris preached last week, he said, you know, we're in the time of John the Baptist. You are John the Baptist. I am John the Baptist. We should be the voice of one calling in the wilderness. We should be the ones that are preparing the way for his presence. And, you know, it's not only about preparing the way for his return. It's part of that. Like, we should be witnessing. We should be talking to people at Walmart about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you know what he's done? But it's also about preparing the way for his presence today, right now in this church, in your home. It's about being obedient to his voice so we can experience him showing up and providing for us. But you guys, if you haven't felt it, there, there's a battle. There's a battle happening. Has anyone in the last couple of years literally just physically felt the battle, a demonic battle? I have. And it's not really letting up. The enemy's still on the prowl looking for who to destroy. And we have to remember he is a liar. He is a, the father of lies. That's what Jesus said. He's the father of lies. There is no truth in him. And the last couple years, I have seen the enemy put up roadblock after roadblock after roadblock in my own life and other people's lives. And it's all rooted in fear. It's a spirit of fear that has come on the nation's. And it's a fear that has some people so crippled, and I've seen it. It has some so crippled, they don't even remember what it's like to hear God's voice, let alone be obedient to it, because they are under the fear. They are listening to the fear. They are obeying the fear. And see, you can find the sound of God's voice here. He has a lot to say here. Some of the things he says is, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. He says, I am your healer. I am your defender. Be strong and courageous. Stand on my truth and you will not be shaken. 
Don't look at the troubles you can see with your natural eyes, but fix your gaze on what is unseen. He also says, put on my whole armor so that you can stand against the schemes of the enemy. And, I mean, that's just a few things. There's a, there's a lot in here. But see, if you don't know what God's voice sounds like, if you're not filling yourself up with his truth and his word and walking in it and obeying it, then you're very likely to start obeying other voices. Because, and whatever voice you come under, whatever voice you're heeding to, it's preparing a way for something in your life. But only obedience to God's voice will prepare the way for his presence in your life. And God is speaking to us a thousand different ways every single day. But I think we quickly forget, so is our enemy. Because, see, the last thing he wants you to do is step into obedience to the Lord. Because that's where God empowers us is when we obey. And when you're empowered by the presence and the spirit of God, you can literally just breathe on your enemy and he runs away. See, the devil knows there's power in your obedience because what happens is your obedience to the Lord actually empowers you, but your obedience to the enemy's voice empowers him. And the world we're living in right now, you guys, has so many voices that are not from God just screaming at us every single day. And listen, I, I know that God is using these in many ways. I know it. But I also know that these can be such a big distraction to us. And you guys, there are multiple voices that scream from these things. And I think that we need to learn to take little breaks sometimes. Because this is just another avenue that the enemy will use to scream at you. But there's voices that the enemy uses, right? Voices of fear, voices of discouragement, anxiety, depression, comparison, busyness. Voices that will come to steal your identity in Christ, to steal your joy. And see, one thing you can count on is if you hear the world saying it, the devil is saying it. He's called, he, the Bible says he's the God of this world. So they're one and the same voice. We have to be diligent. We are living in a time. We have to be diligent to get in this word, to seek the face of God, to be in his presence so that we can hear the one voice that matters. So we know what voice we're obeying. Because, see, whatever voice you obey is also what you're going to shout. So what are you going to be shouting in the wilderness? Because you're a voice for something. If you agree with a spirit of fear, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. If you agree with a voice that's coming at you and saying, you're powerless, you're weak, you're a failure, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. If you agree with a voice that's saying, nothing is ever going to change, that's what you'll shout. And then you end up preparing a way. So we have to remember, whatever's coming out of here is preparing a way for either the enemy to take more ground in our lives or for God to take more ground in our lives. And I want you to know this is, I'm not talking about obeying perfectly, perfectly obeying the Lord all the time because we're not perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. So it's not, it's not about getting it right every single time. Abraham had his share of mistakes. You know, when you read his story, the guy lied. He was a liar. 
John the Baptist wasn't Jesus. He was a man. I'm sure he made plenty of mistakes. So it's not about perfection. It's about your heart towards the Lord. It's about your willingness to lay aside your need to understand it all, have all the answers before you just walk where he's asking you to walk. So another point I want to make is our obedience to God should not be contingent on our mistakes. It shouldn't be contingent on the mistakes you make. You're free to make mistakes, and then you're free to get yourself back up and dust yourself off and keep on following. See, Abraham was blessed because of his obedience. But when you read his story, he made mistakes. But that didn't disqualify him from being dedicated to follow Jesus, to follow the Lord. So we have to stop letting the enemy use our mistakes to push us away from God when we actually need to take our sin and our mistakes to the Lord and say, God, forgive me and help me. Create in me a clean heart so that I can walk wherever you want me to walk. I would imagine that, that John went into the wilderness because he knew that he was going to have to position himself to only hear one voice, the voice of truth. He didn't want to take the chance that he would get distracted. He didn't want to take the chance that other voices were going to start competing for his obedience. So he was like, to the wilderness I go. He didn't want to take the chance that he'd start to hear things like, John, there's no way that's going to work. John, are you sure that God told you to do that? John, that just sounds crazy. I don't think, that, I don't think the Lord would tell you to do that. And listen, I know that we can't just up and move to the wilderness, right? Some of us wouldn't make it out alive if we did. But the fact is the Lord is calling each of us to be a voice in the wilderness. And I'll tell you this, you can be in the middle of a city and it be the wilderness because people's hearts are so far from God. And God is calling you to be the voice of truth. He is calling you to prepare the way for his presence. And I believe that that means like Abraham, sometimes we're going to have to do the go part before the show part. And then like John, we're going to have to receive the message and then we just go and obey it and not sit on it to ponder it. Because what happens is this, we hear a word from the Lord or we feel a prompting from the Holy Spirit and instead of just moving, we start to question it and mull it over right? And we end up questioning ourselves out of obedience. And if we question ourselves out of obedience, we question ourselves out of blessing. Because remember, it was Abraham's obedience that brought the blessing. It was John the Baptist's obedience that brought the presence of God. So I want to take just a minute here, and I want I want us all to shut our eyes because I want to take a minute and I want each of you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, to speak to you about anything that you have not obedient, been obedient in. Has he asked you to forgive someone that you haven't? Has he asked you to call an old friend? Has he asked you to pray for someone? Has he asked you to write a book or a song? Has he asked you to dance? Has he asked you to come forward and lay in his presence? Whatever it is, let's just ask him to show us what we have not been obedient in.
Jesus, you are so good. You are so good, Lord. I don't know about you guys, but I feel the presence of God in this. I feel him moving. I feel him speaking. I feel him drawing you closer. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. guys can open your eyes now. I think I think today's challenge for us all, including myself, is just to stop trying to understand it all. Quit overthinking everything. Quit overcomplicating the word of God and what you know that he's telling you to do, what you know he's asking of you. Because I really believe that if you want to see the power and the presence and the provision of God in your life, that your obedience is what is going to prepare the way for that. You know, I think we often, we pray and we pray and we pray for deliverance. We pray and we pray and we pray for breakthrough, you know, in certain areas of our lives. But see, sometimes we use prayer as an excuse to not move. So make sure that's not what you're doing. Sometimes you already know the Lord's asked you to do something. And what if it's your obedience that will bring the breakthrough? What if it's your obedience that will bring the deliverance? So as we come to a close here, I want to read Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49. This scripture is a picture of what Jesus had to say about what obedience looks like. He says, what good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and master, if you don't put into practice what I tell you? Let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep and secure foundation. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest, for he built it wisely on the right foundation. But the one who hears and does not obey is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation at all. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. Which of these two builders will you be? Obedience builds your foundation. Obedience makes you unshakable and immovable. It prepares the way for God's presence and blessing in your life. And I believe that we are living in a time where that is the kind of people God is searching for, people that are so radically obedient to his voice that they don't give a rip about what they look like or how crazy they look because they know that they heard God's voice. And we will be willing to go and step out into any unknowns that he asks of us because we are so sold out for him that if that's where we're going to find his presence, that's where we will go. Okay, let's pray. You guys want to stand? And I'll pray.
Jesus, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for every single person that is here today. God, we know that your word does not return void, that you are moving and working. You know, your, your word is living and active, Lord. So I just have faith right now that every single person is going to walk out of this place today changed in some way, Lord, and that they are going to take the steps that you showed them. Whatever it is um, that, they, that you showed them today while their eyes were closed, God, they are going to take the steps of obedience, Lord. And I just, I declare right now that because of that obedience that they're going to step into, they will experience breakthrough, that they will experience deliverance, with the things that they've been praying for, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name.